Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Aframeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Aframeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and logged into Zoom this afternoon I have club chair John Griffiths, club manager Nick Wright and board member David Faithful to talk about the busy summer of events that we're quite literally in the middle of. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Guy. So it's been a, a busy old summer and, and looks like it's going to keep getting busy and lots of events coming up. I don't know where to start really. I, I guess the the first one chronologically is probably um, the Silverstone Classic, which we had a, a big club presence. How, how many cars did we actually have there, Nick? Yeah, there was 50 booked for each day, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. And, and a few days of entertaining racing. The weather was absolutely appalling. I know um, I, I spoke to a few of the guys on Sunday who were, who were parked up in the display area and getting very, very soggy. But, but Sunday was actually nicer than Friday. I don't, I don't think I've... I've got as wet as often photographing a race as I did um, in the qualifying for the um, the Adrian Flux historic touring cars. There's literally water pouring off me. Ended up with um, condensation and water dripping down the inside of the front element of my um, of my big zoom lens, which <laughs> is is quite an achievement. That's never good. No, no. And I, and we we talked to Jeff Gordon on the last podcast about his exploits in his his Alfred sprint which I think went better than two years ago but not as well as he would have liked qualified quite well and then water got in the electrics which is unusual on an Alfred isn't it mm. so he <laughs> developed a misfire and, and did a couple of couple of pit stops but there was quite a lot of Alphas there there was a, a couple of Julieta sprints and one Julieta TI I think and a, and a single seater a Cooper Alpha which was quite a, mm. a fun sight to see but just just nice to be, despite the weather, out with lots of people and and watching alphas on the track. I remember a very wet Silverstone Classic a few years ago. We had the had the van there, obviously, and we had parties of members coming in to have their lunch in the back. I put the table and chairs in the back of the van, and they coming in in turn and sitting down to eat. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think that would have worked this year. It really was. I mean, I there were a couple of bands on in the um, in the concerts in the evening that I quite fancied watching, and then. It got to about four o'clock in the afternoon. I thought I'm not staying till seven to stand in the rain and and watch a band that I only quite want to watch. Uh, and obviously the the balloon mass takeoff and stuff was all was all washed out. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the track action oh, was a shame. Yeah, yeah. And so the next one after that, I guess, was Cotswold Alpha Day, which um, I would have, have loved to have been at, but had a, had a family birthday. How did that go? Yeah, I was delighted to to go along to that one. I've not been to a, a CAD, as we call it, for some time. And uh, Alex Payne, who's the, the secretary and kind of main organiser, had got the gang together there to to turn it into a really super day. But the section there had the idea well over 10 years ago now of having an alpha day, a typical Parker for the stately home, but doing a run in the morning, which turned into the Carrera Panoramico. So you Giro navigational... Uh, sorry... <laughs> which turned into the Giro Panoramico, which is uh, which is always a really good fun thing, and it's extremely professional now with the tulip guides that are all printed. Uh, when I do tulip guides guides for runs in the East Midlands, I tend to pencil it in and photocopy it, whereas they've got all the graphics of the little indicators. Uh, uh, for those who haven't um, haven't explored the Cotswold section website, one of the nice things they do is they put up the routes for for previous yes. Giros, so. If anybody fancies either doing this year's route or or one of the previous routes just as a, a Sunday afternoon drive, they're all available. 
yeah which and i fully recommend them the uh it, there was a restriction because of on numbers because of the venues car parking area um this year so uh, normally they try to they have over 100 cars but it was limited to 80 which sold out a little bit showery threatened but there was still some superb cars along uh, lots of 105 series um julietta sprint uh, and uh, several uh, of the what do we call them you know they're on the endangered species list now things like alpha 155s and uh, craig percy's 33 permanent four one of two in the country registered and uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable so a nice breakfast cob start uh, it was clear everybody was very uh, it was the first time a lot of people in that section met up face to face in a long time and of course you get the people like me traveling from afar to, to join in but there was a lovely atmosphere and then the the cars all set off on convoy i i, I did um, a part of the route but diverted so i could get to Nick, who was there at the finish with the club van and everything. So I ended up at the Batsford Arboretum, which was the, the end point. Um, sadly, uh, thanks to the wonderful British weather, we uh, the planned parking area was waterlogged. So people had moved into the, the upper level car park. But, but even that was quite scenic. There were some nice piles of Cotswold stone, weren't there, Nick, that we were thinking of putting in the back of the van at one point but certainly not and the thought never crossed my mind just <laughs> so was that was that a former dry stone wall or was it just, just a pile <laughs> i think it's a quarry to be honest it looked like it a bit dusty but it made uh, no, it was, i was, it was talking really to the uh, the events guy when i got there in the morning and he was mm. explaining that we shouldn't use the grass and i said no you don't have to ruin your grass do you and he he genuinely didn't care about the grass. He said, it's the cars I'm worried about. Yeah, you getting quite, stuck. quite unusual for a venue because they're only worried about their, their own land. But he, he wasn't worried about, about that at all. So. Often it's the roots of the big trees as well you can't park on. But yeah. <laughs> no, he's just but, concerned about the cars. But it worked out really well. And it was fun actually being at the finish. So we could all get cameras out and take pictures of the cars coming through. And uh, uh, and again, chatting to people who'd done the full route that takes about two and a bit hours to do 60 odd miles. They'd... They'd had a great time. So that's a really good tip about looking at the route on the Cotswold section website, because uh, it, it's something I may well go back to do. As it was for me, it was funny enough, just driving down the Foss Way. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, <laughs> Not it, doing it in a while. It, it's amazing how many of their routes, no matter what the start and end point are, have a have a Foss Way section to them. I think I've done two, yeah. or, two or three that I have. Uh, it's still a super road. I, I think as we record this, it's, um, it's just under a week since Festival Italia. Um, which, as as always, was a, a huge event. I'll talk about the, the one track of the action later on. I've David seen and Nick in, a long while, I in the middle of many, many a lot more Ferraris and Lamborghinis the, uh, this year. The entrance than previously that I remember, possibly buoyed by the good weather, and always helps with those people, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I certainly thought it certainly seemed busy because I I went to the Festival Italia last year, <clears throat> and that was between bouts of covid um and lockdowns and so on so it was strangely quiet and um yeah not very hugely populated last year so this year did feel a bit more like 2019 and and 2018 with car volumes but that's a good point actually nick i thought there was a lot of there was slightly less baths and slightly more very expensive cars i think mm. um but we had a really good turn we had well, we're, we're limited, aren't we, to 50 cars in our in our uh, spot. And That's right. Yeah. We had more than that. So <laughs> quite a few turned up and we sort of spread out a bit as well into neighbouring plots. I did. I was wandering around aimlessly with my with my camera and so on. And uh, 
yeah, there was a lot of alphas nearby with an A1 um, sticker in a window, which is our plot. So, yeah, we took over a little bit, I think. But, yeah, I thought it was a fabulous turnout. Lots. Of, we had three SZs on, um, on our parking lot. Number of, uh, we only had one Montreal, but lots of other cars. One Stelvio, actually. In the whole of Festival Italia, there was one Stelvio that I spotted. Oh, so yeah. there may have been another one snuck in elsewhere. Lots of Julia Quadrifolios, lots of really nice classics, a lot of Batoni Julias, uh, a number of Spiders, a couple of 145s. So I th personally, I thought it was a fabulous show. It, it is always normally a, a good show with a really good turnout. But I think for Alphas this year, there's there seemed to me anyway, a higher number of Alfa Romeos than there has been in recent, well, the five or six years I've been going there regularly. I think ours is certainly the biggest individual group there as well, isn't it? And yeah, I think so. there's a lot, of, a lot of little tiny groups yeah. have spotted up. I'm not quite sure what the criteria is for having a display area at Festival Italia. But there's, yeah, there was a lot of little tiny gatherings of, you know, three and five cars and what have you, which I suppose is, you know, that's, it's good to have that sort of diversity. My big frustration was I didn't get to see much of the display area. But that was because they've added the uh, the HRDC Alpha Challenge, the Julius Thurgood series, to the racing program. So nearly all of the racing, I mean, there was, was basically the racing was only Ferrari and Alpha. And there was no Fiat or a Bath racing mm. or anything else. And we had qualifying for the HRDC and the uh, the Alpha Championship in the morning with round one of the Alpha Championship, and then the HRDC race and the uh, the second race from the the Alpha Championship in the afternoon, so I was I was kept busy all day, and and the grids for that were fantastic. I don't know what it is about Festival Italia, but as you know, David, it, it's not unusual for the Alfa Romeo Championship to have you know eight, nine, twelve entries for some meetings, and it was thirty one at Festival Italia. Yeah, that's really good. And they, they have a for those who haven't been, they have a big gap between the modified and the Power Trophy cars and the Twin Spark Cup, and, and then a 10-second delay before they go off. And they were a bit concerned that with 31 cars and the gap, the people yeah. at the back of the Twin Spark Cup field wouldn't be able to see the lights go out because um, <laughs> they'd be too far around clearways to actually see the, the gantry, which is great. So a couple of good races there. Nice to see um, our old friend Paul Plant, who we, we had on the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, out in the, the first... 940 series Julietta that we've seen in the championship, which he's been developing with Barry McMahon, which look, look really good, look really promising. I think there are there are plans to build on the work that that David and Davy Petty did with the Mito to to put together a, a 1.4 multi-air Julietta and, and Mito class, which I think is a, a good development. Um, and then the HRDC, there was a huge grid as well, <laughs> including and I, I, I hesitate to mention him because I think it, I'm becoming a curse. Um, Jeff Gordon, who was there um, in his, his Goodwood special Julietta, um, and managed to break his drive shaft on the grid. Uh -huh. um, so I only, I only found out on Monday what had happened to him. Is he just I, I saw him go out on the um, on the green flag lap, and then he never came past again. Um, oh no! But, but apparently his his race lasted no distance at all, which is a, a real shame. Uh, but again, cracking race, more GTV6 or Alfetta. I think a lot of them are two-litre Alfettas, um, but more Alfetta 
coupes racing than I think I've ever seen in, in one race, even in the in the kind of eighties. So really, really good days racing, and and I know Julius has been asked to bring the HRDC back again next year. So I think it's rapidly becoming a a classic and modern alpha race meet yeah. with an Italian car show alongside, which is great. It is a clever idea, isn't it? Because often with our events, we get asked to put them on at race circuits or it's suggested, but the in general, the cost of hiring a circuit is immense and you know, we'd have to charge huge amounts and the, you know there'd be a big risk of, of debt if the weather was foul, but um, with somebody else taking the risk. Plus, it's got a life of its own now. It's been running for a number of years, so people know, always know about it. In fact, we build other events like Midcar around that date because we know it's going to be there so um yeah it's it's great that that's really uh, taken on and and it's interesting how people think about it and i know again talking to jeff at the silverstone classic he's racing a triumph in the classic le mans and he knew that triumph were at the uh, the silverstone classic oh the triumph owners club was there and mm-hmm. um, so he asked them if they wanted to come down and although he was there with an alpha come down to the paddock and have a chat about yeah. what he was doing and um, and the response he got from the Triumph Owners Club was, well, our members don't really watch the racing. They, they just, it's just a meet for them. <laughs> they go along yeah. and, and hang around the cars. And I think that's true of Festival Italia as well. I think there are people who go to Festival Italia who yeah. who look at all the cars in the display area and, you know, the, the Italian stalls and things, but actually don't pay the racing much yeah. attention at all. Um, it which is funny it, when Jonathan Palmer arrived, who Jonathan obviously owns that circuit and other ones he arrived in his helicopter in the morning and it couldn't land on his own helipad because there were, it was full of people sitting in their chairs eating their sandwiches it had to go and land over by the medical center <laughs> oops, oops I'm, yes. I'm sure he reacted very well to that no, no, no. <laughs> the one thing i did spot there guy just saying about who watches and who doesn't watch the racing is at the times when the alpha championship and hrdc were racing because nick and i were largely up the top with the display cars there was a bit of a wave of people heading towards the track at the times the alphas were on so i think there was an audience you're right that the a lot of people um go for the car show rather than the the track action but that you could see a you know a, a, you know a sort of a triggering event that, you know five minutes before the alpha racing you see everybody leave our displays and head towards the fences so there, there is a bit of an audience i think yeah and i, I... I suspect it's a continuum, isn't it? There's there's people who only go for the racing, don't really care about the cars parked up. Yeah. People who only care about the cars and, and people yeah. who are there for both. I think we can agree it's nice to have a mix, though, isn't it? So yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's I, was, really um, I was really gutted for uh, Stacey Dennis. Um, she's the only uh, woman racing in the Alpha Championship still. She has the... Every time she goes to Brands Hatch, her little black and pink 147 loses her bolt or something epically fails and she spins off so and and that happened again it was really sad to see that she um she spun off again which is exactly what happened at the last festival of italia as well so she doesn't have a lot of luck at that track i actually that she wasn't the only woman at um at this year's festival italia because emma karwaki who's a ex-champion ex-series champion was was there as well Uh, and i and I, i think was quite um quite close behind Stacey when she had her incident. So oh, okay. um, I think they, it could easily have ended up with both the uh, women competitors in the, in the kitty litter having taken each other out. But uh, yeah, uh, Stacey was at Snetterton when uh, we were there with, with Colin the other week. 
um, which was her first time back in the car for a while. Um, so yeah, it's it's really good to see. And actually, the series has has a really good record in terms of the number of women competitors they've had, and and indeed the number of women champions they've had. And I think it'd be nice to see. Uh, a few more racing regular. Well, funnily enough, I was uh, chatting with the Mito crowd, obviously, and there was a really good turnout of Mitos, by the way, I should mention that. But I was speaking to an, a couple of them. They keep asking me, well, where's your meter, your race meter? Then when's that back on the track? And I keep saying, well, I haven't got anybody to drive it and I'm not allowed to or my wife will shoot me. So, um, But I got chatting with some young girls who turned up in their Mitos and both of them were heading off from Festival Italia to google about the odds test and uh, i said to them look if we can get a girl in that mito i will put that mito on the track so um yeah we'll see what happens with that brilliant no that'd be really good wouldn't be a, a alfa romeo driver podcast if i didn't plug the virtual racing I, i'd like to get a few more women in the uh, in the virtual racing as well stacy nearly took part um and we have actually we've picked up a few new races since national alpha day since we had the um uh, the truck there uh, including Rosie Hodson from, uh, I'm not quite sure where she's based, but she's uh, the sister of Jack Hodson from the Kent and East Sussex um, section, who does a lot of uh, 3D printing of obscure alpha parts. Um, she's doing really well, um, doing really well in the in the touring car championship. So that's great. And I've been I've been watching your because uh, you you're live streaming the virtual racing. Um, on YouTube and what have you, but I missed one the other day and rewatched it. There's a new commentator, isn't there? That wasn't um, uh, what's his name, McRae, was it? It's a new guy. Yeah. So Reeve Taylor came in as co-commentator alongside McRae, probably halfway through the previous season, um, and then McRae had um, other commitments, so he's now dropped out. And actually, Reeve has brought somebody else in from his. University Motorsports Union is his co-commentator, so we're, yeah, okay. we're back at, at two now for most of the events. And, no, uh, it's really good. I, they're I, a good team. And and to be honest, if if anyone hasn't watched the um, the virtual racing on either in, on live stream or watched it after the event on YouTube, the commentary adds something else. It's not you're not just some nerd watching you know sim racing. They're actually yeah, proper commentators and it, it does add something to it. it's a really good experience i easily wasted a couple of hours the other night <laughs> watching it from start to finish and and you know there's there's nothing quite like live streaming but because uh, i missed that one when i watched it back in between the races you can sort of fast forward when you're watching it again on youtube and uh, and the commentators uh kick back in and, and you're away so i really i'm really enjoying it at the moment as a non-participant but as a viewer of it it's it's really good fun well the most recent single seater race was an absolute cracker at spa um, and i and i say that not just because i came second in class in race team, oh. but, um, <laughs> which is about ninth overall i think um but uh, no really 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 good racing at the moment moving on from racing the next event chronologically was midcar now we did try to come up with a slick way to edit this in but you all would have noticed anyway we recorded the main part of this episode a couple of days before the event for release about a week afterwards, but we really wanted to cover it in the podcast. So we broke out the field recording gear, found a suitable studio location, recorded a new bit on site, and then we've clumsily shoehorned it in here. I'm uh, actually in the, the club van with John Griffiths and we're, we're just in the process of packing up from Mitcar. So I thought we'd take the opportunity to just talk about how today went. Very much so, and uh, if you can hear a bit of rain on the van, uh, then sorry, but uh, thankfully it all kept off. 
until just after we've done the awards, which is brilliant. <laughs> I think we had a brief shower halfway through the day because I put my roof down briefly. Yeah. And, and it literally just finished folding down and it started raining, so I put it back up again. Yeah, good move. But no, sadly, a lot of the spiders arrived uh, with hoods up, but never mind. Um, a couple of hardy souls, like uh, Phil Gotts, who'd come over from East Anglia, driven all the way with his hood down. But he's always a brave soul. <laughs> but it was, it was brilliant to see them all come out, to be honest, because they were forecasting cats and dogs. And actually, for a period, we almost had the sun out, which was great. So uh, a lot of people enjoyed looking around the long lines of cars of all shapes and sizes it was terrific and i mean we, we talked about it earlier with um with festival italia but it is nice to to not just have the alphas here and have some of the the italian yeah. fellow travelers here as well absolutely and that's why um although we're blessed with some super auto italia events around the country it's why uh, my good friend brian alexander uh, back in 20, 2001 decided in the midlands we should set up yet another italian event but let's have it varied for everybody and um, it's been uh, it's been terrific ever since obviously we had to miss it last year uh, this year covid on and off at the start we were struggling over venues but the guys here at the british motor museum have been terrific and as somebody said to me they're particularly good because they're volunteers and they yep. enjoy doing it they enjoy helping out really because they're fun, uh, car fans themselves and, and you really notice it so they were super to deal with and just made it all so easy they took all the ticketing system they took the tickets at the gate uh, directed down and then our guys from the Arrock East Midlands could you know do the directing handing out programs and welcome people in um, and it's been it's been brilliant to see such a, a host of Alfa Romeos but also all the other marks this year and that that's the best bit yeah and it's it's what just just over 50 50 yeah i think the split alpha versus everything uh, else everything else and uh, they had 96 abaths of different <laughs> shapes and sizes um, boosted now with the 124 uh, abaths uh, spider which is become you can see quite popular with fanatics oh if it was only an alpha itself uh, but no it's lovely to see those so that was tremendous and they reckon that's their biggest gathering of Abaths together in a very long time so a big thanks to Colin Rear in particular from the Abath Owners Club for helping organise that along with the Abath East Midlands guys They're really really good and Fiat's were tremendous as well yeah and I guess if you if you cheat a little bit and add the one the Fiat 124 Spiders in yeah, that, there take, were, there that takes the Abath-ish cars over yeah, well over it. 100 but yeah we had um, Jill with the uh, Jill and Bob with the uh, Fiat Motor Club had got some beautiful classics along so we had X19s and uh, uh, Strada Abaths you name it um, and some real rarities the Panda 4x4s they enjoy doing up and uh, there was one car that just missed out on an award which is a Fiat 127 a blue one that did 24,000 miles I've not seen one in ages <laughs> Apparently rescued from a field, but it was solid original panels. Unbelievable. Well, I, I, a car I lusted after a long time ago was the um, the Tipo Sedici Valvole. Oh yeah, I haven't seen one of those for a long time. In fact, I, yeah. I, I'm sure I read somewhere that there weren't any left, but there's, yeah. there was one here. Yeah, was was a, nice. yeah, I saw that when it rolled in. That was tremendous. Um, I think with the weather, unfortunately, we, we missed out on a few of the exotics, but we had a lovely line of Maseratis. Uh, terrific cars there. I should mention my pal from the Alpha Club, uh, T. Lum, who won the Best Exotic Prize with his uh, with his Maserati Grand Sport MC Stradale. Let's get that one right. A real rarity, <laughs> gorgeous black car, and it sounds tremendous too. Of course, so his, um, his Quadrifoglio, Stelvio Quadrifoglio, Stelvio. Mm -hmm. um, featured in the magazine it did yeah years ago. it did so yeah super guy lovely to see that and some proper rarities in there um, more lances than we've seen in some time quite a lot of rebadged uh, deltas and ypsilons but um, 
super to see a couple of beta uh, spiders and uh, one uh, Monte Carlo, which I've not seen in some yeah. time. But it's it's all that variety and mixture. Um, and I know I shouldn't say this as a as a died in the wall outfisty, but <laughs> it's actually nice to see a beta Monte Carlo with an out, with a Lancia engine in rather than a bus. Yeah, yeah, it's not been changed. Yeah. yeah, that was that was great. Really, really liked that one. Um, I should mention the, the Italian Rarity Award. We were very tempted to give it to a real old car, but uh, there was an immaculate, rather plain-looking Fiat Mireia Saloon, an R Edge that I've not seen in ages. So us organisers chose that one for the Italian rarity this year although there were some super other things and the other one that uh, that tickled us was uh, we saw him driving down the hill to the gate and um, we thought he got the wrong show it was a brown mini but it uh, turned out when we looked at it of course it was an Innocenti mini that was built in Italy so uh, that one ended up winning the uh, special award as we call it so that was that was a bit of fun uh, certainly the British Motor Museum it was nice, nice spread of cars too. I mean, particularly on the on the Alpha side. Any particular things that stood out for you other than the prize winners? Yeah, uh, a pair of uh, fabulous um, uh, Giulietta Sprints. Um, the overall winner, public vote winner for the Camshaft Trophy that we've named in honour now of Brian Alexander, who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, was won by the the Giulietta Sprint. Um, Normale. Normale. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Then we had a pair of uh, Arnas. Well, one of them was um, an, a Nissan Cherry Europe. Um, both of them have been at the hands of Ian Jeffcott, but the car that won the, uh, let me get it right here, the organizer's choice was Ian Jeffcott's own Alfarana that he's restored from scratch. It was gonna be white, but Dave Roberts has uh, got a beautiful white one that he's recently restored. So he's kept it in the original uh, bright green metallic, which looks superb. I mean, those cars are crazy. Yeah but apparently he's going to sell it. So that, that could be tempting for somebody if they fancy all the power of a 1.2 SL Arna. <laughs> but it, it looks it's brand new. I think it was the first time I'd seen in the um, in the engine bay of an Arna. Yeah, yeah. And it was quite interesting to see the what would have been the the second bulkhead in a, in yeah. a Sud or a 33. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of more like a strut brace in the It Arna. is, it is, yeah. You can see how they kind of adapted it. <laughs> But uh, it's it's tremendous. I mean, where he gets the bits from, I don't know. I guess he can get some uh, Alpha Sud parts relatively easily, but trying to get body panels must be about impossible. Well, I guess the body panels are Nissan Cherry body panels. Well, they are, you? yeah, yeah. So. if you can get them. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he does a degree of fabrication of the bits that he's stuck for. And happily, the donor models tend to have uh, quite tidy interiors which must be a complete impossibility yeah, to get those. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that was particularly great. Um, uh, also really pleased to see some modified alphas along. Um, we always love the modified Mitos, as we've talked about in the past, I think after the National Alpha Day one. Uh, great to see some of those along again. And uh, Dharmash Patel from the East Midlands section had brought his uh, tremendous uh, 159 estate that yeah, we, I can just see through the windows. Car that he's put a special Julia-esque body kit on, but it, it, it kind of works. And he's it it's wrapped in an amazing kind of rose red colour. Uh, that, that's terrific. And there was a, a beautiful grey Brera with gold alloys as well, subtly lowered. But it, it's great to see those coming along yeah. as well. It really it's is. It's kind of greeny coloured um, 147 GTA oh, as well, yeah. which I've not seen yeah, before. That's, right. that's an original colour, but yeah. again, subtle modifications. Um, and that was going next to Paul Curry's uh, kind of well-known in yep. A-Rock circles, yep. his 
very modified red 147 GTA. So it's fab to see those cars. It really is. And we had, you know, a reasonable number of classics along the front row. Uh, I think those were the ones that were probably, well, I know were defeated by the weather forecast. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, again, club members uh, kept the classic in the garage, unfortunately. And hopefully for the events later this year, they'll be bringing those out. And we talked about the, the split between the alphas and the non-alphas. In terms of total numbers? Yeah, we th we've just got the count in from uh, the Sundog guys that do the photographs, and uh, it was just under 400. Right. And we can add on to that uh, all the visitors that are here as well in the non-Italians. Non but that, that was terrific, given the forecast. Uh, and as you say, a nice 50-50 split, so a proper old mix of alphas and, and non-alphas. Uh, making it a rather super day all round and thank goodness that rain held off until we'd done the awards and it was literally the, yeah. the moment the awards were finished exactly. the heavens opened exactly so again um, that was all sponsored by Research Garage um, great to see Sabra Ali club member along who's been on a podcast as well bringing a super array, array of cars another green uh, Quadrifolio Julia, that colour's amazing. And he brought the uh, Stelvio Formula One edition, I think they call them, yeah. Quadrifolio. Um, Alfa Romeo Racing Edition. That's it, Racing Edition, name. that's it. Yeah, the beautiful white with red on top and uh, and it's got the yellow banded Pirelli tyres on it that always catches the Iron exhaust. Fabulous thing, that. Uh, and of course, we've got a few Fiat 500Es here today, including yep. Duncan Langford from the board, who's got one of those. Who new, I, I believe electrics. has learned something useful today, which is that you can't charge it with the bonnet open. Oh, really? Which he learned after trying to spend an hour charging it with the bonnet <laughs> open. Oh, no. Well, he's learned now. But he reckoned he'd still got a, a good 100 miles range in it, having driven down here 55 or something. So that's pretty decent. Uh, and thankfully, at the British Motor Museum, there's some free charge points anyway, so they were okay. Maybe we'll see more of those in the future, but um, certainly they're quite surprising to drive. I know Dave Atkins, uh, club member, was scooting around in earlier this morning. He was a helper driving the research garage one, and he was stunned by its yeah, performance I mean, I, off I, the line. I was lucky enough to be at the SMMT test day at Millbrook, yeah. and I, I did the Alpine route, and I jumped straight yeah. from a 595 Competizione yeah. into a 500e. Yeah, and it's just phenomenal. I mean, there's there's not many long straight bits on on the Alpine course, so there are a couple of bits where it's you started to feel that it didn't have the legs that the yeah that the competizione did. Yeah, the top but end. the acceleration. I mean, the, the yeah. powering out of corners and stuff it's is the tour. very it just impressive. Pushes it, doesn't it? It's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. So a successful fun. day all in all. Definitely. Um, I, I guess as next year planning well, already started? It or has. Uh, we pencilled in Kedleston Hall uh, for this year but uh, the Covid restrictions meant that they couldn't take us on at that National Trust uh, premises but we're we're hoping to do that so it would be a change back to a traditional country house event next year but uh, Gaydon's brilliant uh, and it's waterproof that's a yes. great, the best thing with the um, hard standing and all the indoor attractions but uh, Kedleston Hall in August is, is what we're aiming at there they were all geared up for us and fingers crossed that's what we can do next year brilliant yeah. looking forward to it yeah it should be great yeah. thanks John so we talked about some um, events that have happened and uh, in a minute we're going to talk about a couple of the events that are coming up this podcast will have been um, released halfway through another event uh, Southwest Alpha Day so we can't uh, we can't tell you what's what you've got to look forward to because it's happening now and we can't tell you how good it was because um, it, it's still happening now. But what what was planned, Nick? I can tell you it's, it was a very good day. <laughs> we're, we're I thought it was the, outstanding. Uh, yeah. Yes, we're at the Helicopter Museum at Western Supermare this year. 
southwest Alfaday, um, which sounds like a fascinating place. It's got over 100 helicopters, supposed to be the largest dedicated helicopter museum in the world. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, watch this space and we'll let you know what happened. It will have been very good. Yes, I'm sure it will. Superb. So what's coming up next then? I think the next thing is probably actually the Autumn Alpha Day as it is now. Spring Alpha Day as was. What have we got planned That's for right. that? That's right. So we're back to the uh, the wonderful Yorkshire Wildlife Park where we were last in 2017. I remember the 2017 one so well because it was the first time that people with Julia's that year could really get together uh, when they'd been delivered. And... Um, that was there was a nice lineup of those that of course that was that was held in april back in 2017 where uh, and it was the spring alpha day so obviously because of covid we had to move it back this year um but we are uh, in a new area um it's uh, nick and i are actually doing uh, proper scouting on it in the next uh, couple of days time and uh, we'll be sorting out uh, various layouts and so on so uh, it's a new area uh, near what was referred to as the old entrance because the sites had gigantic development I, I was last there as a visitor in April just to see the animals with the, with the family and uh, I was blown away uh, brand new entrance on the other side of the site which we won't be using is enormous and they've built a whole host of buildings lecture rooms shops video theatres you name it um, and throughout and a hugely extended area of park where there's converted wetlands um, and uh, various gigantic animal enclosures. So all, all the, the best animal stuff is still there and been further developed. Uh, lots of eateries within the park, and we're near the old entrance that has cafes and so on, near the meerkats and, and all the good old stuff like that too. So as a, as a family venue, it's, it's really excellent, and we're going to build on that by having a really great display of alphas. We've not planned quite yet as to how to arrange it. My feeling is we've done so much model parking this year at events, we may have a bit more of a, a more basic split of old and new, so you can walk along a line of cars and enjoy seeing different things. However, if we've got some registrars there who are keen to group the cars, of course, we'll accommodate that. And we'll have some light-hearted competition as well for cars of the day for trophies and so on. So it'll be it'll be a nice, relaxing family day out. That's the plan, um, with some lovely cars to see and, and a great venue to enjoy. So your ticket gets you into the entire facility. Um, we've made sure because of some limited parking, we've ensured that it's advanced ticket only. So please, if you're coming, make sure you buy it. And there's a substantial discount on on admission price. I don't know if Nick, have you got those? prices in front of you i can't remember i have john it's um, well the, their uh, tariff on the gate for the public is 22 pounds for an adult and we're charging no rock members 16 pounds 50 there almost, you go Obviously almost worth buying well, an alpha so. just to get in it, it is it? yeah yes. maybe yeah. people will do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no it's it's a healthy saving and there's there's various uh, other um tickets uh, based around that and that's the basic adult price yeah um, but no it should be it should be a super day out really and um you know, hopefully we'll have a bit of a late summer and uh, uh, we'll we'll have some decent weather to go with it. But in Yorkshire, it's probably best to pack absolutely everything in the boot anyway. <laughs> it's not far from where my son lives, incidentally. And uh, put it this way, he never has to water his garden. Indian summer half a day we're after. Yeah. yeah, I was just wondering whether to bring my um, my long sports lenses to take into the wildlife park. Do we, do we know what time, the, what time the wildlife park closes? It's four o'clock is the last entry. 
last entry. So, so yeah, you can believe you, so. Yeah, you yeah. can carry on after that. Yeah, so might get a couple of hours in after the show. It's yeah, definitely do, do worth take it. them. It's really worth them. it. Yeah, the the tiger enclosure is terrific. They tend to be a little far away. Um, the lions normally always asleep, but you you can get very close to them. And my favourites, the polar bears that are just incredible. Um, I've not seen one since being a little boy and gosh, they take your breath away with the scale of the things. And uh, that's a super enclosure, but yeah, long lens nonetheless helps. I actually got some half decent shots just on my camera phone, but it's yeah, really, really terrific venue from that angle. A couple of great points of, of the Yorkshire Wildlife Park. Firstly, let's be honest, um, a lot of us older blokes go to alpha shows park up and spend the day nattering with each other about cars i know what you mean (laughs) a a site like yorkshire wildlife park makes it a really really good family outing so you know we can take our families kids grandkids and what have you you can still do the car show thing and then you can disappear off into the wildlife park but the other the flip side of that and i'm going to sound proper nerdy now is I remember back in 2017, because a lot of people went into the park, you get much better photos of the Alfa Romeo. There's not so many people around. <laughs> That's so a very good point. Swings and roundabouts, I think. But you're right about the polar bears. They were, I mean, I'm assuming they're the same characters now, but a few years ago when we were there, those, there was a couple of polar bears literally playing football. And I, yeah. I've never seen anything like it in my life. So they're, they're certainly, it's worth taking your camera, I think, for the animals there. Brilliant. So we talked about um, a lot of our own events. Um, there's another event that we always attend, which is is hugely popular, usually round about the the first of May, back end of April, beginning of May. Um, Move to October for for all the usual reasons this year, which is Auto Italia at Brooklands. Um, so what's our what's our presence looking like there, Nick? Um, bigger than usual, I believe. With the parking area we normally have, um, Michael Ward. It's already said that they've moved the abaths out of there this year. So we've got that whole area. Um, and it's, well, those that have been know it's it's full sort of half an hour after the gates open normally. And they, the alphas are then sent to the overflow parking. So it's, uh, yes, yeah, enormous, enormous, enormous. Again, we've got our own um, separate entrance through the heights again this year. So hopefully that will help alleviate the queues. And again, it's ticket only. So again, that will help alleviate people waiting and those tickets are heating sorry those tickets are from the brooklyn's museum itself that's right they are yeah yeah Yeah. and it's um again given the the time of year in the british weather um the parking's all hard standing so uh, no worries about either getting mud on your car or or sinking into it and it's quite well drained with the the banking isn't it yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's certainly helpful yeah, well, no, no, I think we, it drains we, down into our car park, doesn't it? From the well, bank. this is true. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> Bring your wellies anyway. Yeah. Hopefully, again, we're going to be in for an Indian summer. Let's see. Again, it's another one of those events like like Festival Italia, where yeah, if you if if what you're there to see is the alphas, then there's you know, loads of them. Um, but yeah. if you have a broader interest in Italian cars, Mick Car too, I guess. Um, there's yeah. a, there's a a fantastic range of of cars um some with with slightly tenuous links to italy but basically anything that has any connection with italy is welcome at, at brooklyn's for that event and there's always some interesting sounds there as well isn't there is there yes the engines and the, oh. uh, the, beast, the, the beast of turin and things i was thinking of the beast yes. of turin oh yeah. absolutely yeah. yes how much 
It's at 11 litres, I think. No, I it's, it's 20... It's 22 or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's seven litre cylinders, I think. That's it. That's <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Superb. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's almost all for this episode, except to thank you for your continuing support. A couple of days ago, one of you was responsible for our 10,000th download since we started the podcast last May. So the next 10,000. We'll be back in two weeks' time, as always, with a surprise guest. And believe me, with the summer holidays and everything else getting in the way, it'll be as much of a surprise to me as it is to you. Episode 40 will be available to download from 1.30pm on Sunday the 12th of September, halfway through Autumn Alpha Day this time, from Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Google Podcasts and dozens of other places, including the club website. Until then, stay safe.